Welcome to another episode on the People Productivity Channel, where you are the product and a better you is a solution. Today, I have on an expert who is going to help you understand how to deliver a remarkable presentation. His name is Andrea Pacini. He is the founder of Ideas on Stage UK, and I think you're going to find this an incredibly valuable show. Nothing in this world today matters more than being able to present and share information in a very clear way. We've reached really this age of innovation. Everybody is online. People are sharing their ideas. They need to make sure that those ideas are easily assimilatable by the people that they're presenting to. And we're gonna talk about today that today. So this is a skill that you can build, that you can become better at. Before we get into it, let me introduce my guest, Andrea, who I'm going to ask to do a quick intro himself. Frank, thank you very much. It's great to be here. And your introduction, I couldn't have explained it better myself. So thank thanks you. for that. And yes, so my name is Andrea. I'm a presentation coach. And as you said, I'm the founder of Ideas on Stage UK. I'm in London, mm -hmm. but we are also in Paris, Milan, Barcelona, and LA in, in the US. And that, that's what we do. It, we are a public speaking company. And so we help business owners, business leaders grow their business or increase their influence and reputation, boost their careers through great presenting. So for us, it's all about presentation skills. You know, and it's, it's even more in a sense because we're in the midst of the so-called great resignation. And you know, many people, what they do online is their resume. So this is super powerful at a moment in time where so many ideas are being shared to have your ideas stand out I think nothing you, matters more, right? Yeah, Frank, you said you use the word ideas, and absolutely, in the end, we can have the greatest ideas in the world. And that could be a product, a service, a project. It's an idea. And we can have the greatest idea in the world. But if we can't communicate our ideas, present our ideas effectively, then it doesn't matter. And that's why this is so important. Yeah. It is so important because very few people were really trained at this. And you know, when you go to presentations, you'll see people with just slides that are overly jammed with information. They lose the audience quickly. And I know there's a lot of human science behind this as well, because you've mastered all of these different areas. Um, are there any principles that you follow something kind of very simple that the audience could relate to and maybe easily remember? Yeah, we, we do. When we work with our clients, from we do have we do follow some key principles, and we have a methodology that we call presentation score because you need to. We say that you need to score in, in when when you present. It's a bit like mm -hmm. in football or soccer in the US. You say soccer, yeah. and okay. sco <laughs> soccer <Yeah>. stands. <laughs> yeah, I said soccer. No, score stands for simple clear, original, related, and enjoyable. So okay. score, simple, clear, original, related, and enjoyable. These are the five key success factors for great presentations. Perhaps I'll give you just, I can tell you a little bit more about one of these principles, and then, okay. then you decide where we want to go in the conversation. Okay. Now, if we take the first one, simple. Now, it's so important as presenters to be able to simplify a message. For example, Frank, if you think about writing, all experienced writers know that the secret to great writing 
isn't in what they say. It's in what they don't say. Mm -hmm. The more they cut out, the better the book or the better the article. And the same is true when it comes to our presentations. You see, one of the mistakes I see so often is that so many presenters, because they know so much, they are experts, they know so much about their subject, and they're also so close to it, that they think that everything is important. Mm-hmm. And so they think that they need to communicate everything. Isn't that true? And they're passionate about it. They love yeah. it. They're experts. Exactly. Hey, wow, exactly. look how much they can tell you. Super passionate. And so we need to communicate everything. But let's put ourselves in the audience issues. If everything is important, then nothing is important. Mm -hmm. And so that's why the ability to really simplify your message, which is hard unless you can look at it from a fresh perspective, is so so important. And that's just one of the the principles. Brings to mind a famous Albert Einstein quote that I stumbled on years ago. Make things as simple as possible, but no simpler. Yeah. He believed he understood that, you know. Did I get it wrong? Yeah, yeah. And I think he also, I, I don't know if, if it was him, I think it was him, or, or you never know today with these quotes, but uh, they say that he said, I think, that if you can't explain it simply enough or clearly enough, then you haven't understood it yourself. Something along those lines. That is, that is part of it. Absolutely. He said, if you can't explain it simply, you don't fully understand it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's true. So simple People misunderstand simple, I think. You know, when they yeah. know something at an incredible level of detail, it might seem simple to them, but they've got to understand the audience. What's simple to that audience, right? And that plays into this. It's so true. And I'm glad that you that you brought to the that you brought this up, Frank, because when we when we give a presentation. One of the another mistake I see is that we think that it's our presentation, but it's not. It's always the audience's presentation. Think of a presentation as a present. If I want to give you a present, Frank, it's it's your present, not mine. Yeah. And so I need to make sure that I know you so that I can buy something that you like. That's right. I'm not going to give you a shirt that fits me. Yeah, exactly. So in a presentation, it's very similar. When we give people a presentation, it's their presentation, not ours. And so we need to make sure that we know the audience definitely before we open up PowerPoint, which is one of the very first things people do. Also, before before we start thinking, yeah, even before we start thinking about our key messages, the messages depend on the audience and, and what they need. So it's simple and that C was clear, correct? Yeah, clear because as presenters, we also need to be able to develop a clear storyline, a clear mm-hmm. presentation structure. What I mean by that is how do you, how can you capture the audience's attention at the beginning of your presentation? How can you develop your key messages? How can you end your presentations in a very effective way? So that's a, sto- a clear storyline. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. depending on the audience, what they need, the type of presentation, what you're trying to achieve, there are certain storylines that work better than others. One in particular is very much connected to, I don't know what you might have heard of the, the rule of three, Frank, because three is the most 
powerful number in communication. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's amazing. Three shows up in so many things. Landscaping, three plants looks much better than two or four. It's like ideal almost. Yeah, three is, uh, you're right. It's, it's uh, the number three is everywhere in society. And, yeah. and we can use the rule of three, which is one of the simplest and most powerful principles in communication in our presentations as well. So for example, a clear structure could be as simple as a quick and interesting introduction that catches your audience's attention. Then we can communicate our three key messages, not more, three mm -hmm. key messages, of course, Depending on how much time we have, we can and we should support each of our key messages with stories, examples, anecdotes. Mm -hmm. We can talk about that as well. And then a very clear conclusion, making it very clear to your audience what was your point and why they should care about it. Yeah. If we are, if we are not doing this, Frank, if we are not paying attention to the way we structure our presentations, we are making it hard for the audience to follow us, remember what you say, and do anything sometimes if that's our objective. I've always heard that you tell them what you're going to say, you say it, you know, if it's going to be three, I'm going to cover three things. Then you go into those three things. And at the end, you say, here's the three things we discussed and why they matter. Yeah, so that is something that if used effectively can, can work. The, the issue with that approach is that it has been used so often and also in a known, let's say, authentic way by so many presenters, which okay. can cause, but in general, I agree with you, in a presentation at the beginning, if we tell the audience that we are going to cover three key things, and then we tell them those three key things. And, and yeah. then at the end, for example, we quickly summarize, which means that we tell them what we've just told them. In, from that perspective, absolutely, that works really well. I think the danger of that approach is it takes the story out of it. Because mm. maybe you're just communicating three facts. You know, here's three facts. Here's a little more detail on them. Here's the three facts I told you, as opposed to a story that's a little riveting. Because you want this to be original. Yeah. That score, yeah. right? The O is original. Yeah, original and also enjoyable, right? Score, yeah. original and enjoyable together. And you're right. Most business presentations are dry, factual, yeah. and boring. And there's a great guy in the US, Dr. John Medina. He says that the brain doesn't pay attention to boring things. Never. The brain never pays attention to boring things. So if we have a presentation that from a content perspective is just full of facts and figures, it's going to be boring and the audience will not pay attention to that. And so one of the best things we can do to make our messages more original and enjoyable is to, you use the word story, yes, is to include stories. And, and by the way, when I say story, storytelling, in business communication, I'm not talking about a once upon a time type of story. Yeah. No, it, it could be it could be something that happened to one of your clients. It could be your own personal experience and how that relates to the message you want to get across. Mm -hmm. It could be an example, an anecdote, an analogy. Analogies are super powerful as well. A yeah. case study. If we think about it, Frank, there is always a story to tell. And 
the the problem I see with most business presentations is that they are 99% facts and figures. And then maybe if we are lucky, 1% is story. I think that's a bit unbalanced. Uh, we should turn oh, it good. around. So, um, you know, understanding the audience, super important. Make sure you understand who they are. So the message is correct. And then, in fact, you know, that objective, right? What is the objective of the presentation? Because one of the things you had mentioned to me in the pre-interview was, you know, maybe changing their mind as an objective. Uh, yeah, and that, that's, that's a great point because there is another mistake, Frank, that I see so often. <laughs> uh, and that mistake is that we think as presenters that our objective when we give a presentation is just to inform the audience. And that's a problem because if we look at how brain works, we, all of us, we forget most of what we hear within just a few seconds. Mm -hmm. So if our objective is just to share some information, I'm not, by the way, I'm not saying that that cannot be our objective. It can. But what I'm saying is that if that's the only objective we have, there is no need to give a presentation. Mm? Yeah. Give your audience a document, give them a coffee, Give them some Very time. Good point. Very good point. Yeah. Sharing information. There's a lot of ways to do it. You could record yeah. something, send them a video. Exactly. But yeah. if you are, if you, if you, if you're giving a presentation, it's because the objective has to be more than just sharing some information. Mm -hmm. And the instead of information, the word I like to use is transformation. Yeah. You want to transform the audience. You want to change something either in what they believe, in what they feel, or even better, in what they do. If that doesn't happen after your presentation, then you've wasted your time. And even worse, you've wasted theirs. Yeah. And, you know, there's a whole storyline that kind of goes with that, right? Once you figure out you're going to try to change your mind, then there is a story behind this that you've got to yeah. get on, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that goes back to the idea of creating a clear structure when, when presenting. And once you are very clear in terms of what your objective is, then you can brainstorm ideas to be included in your storyline, but ideas which are not just focused on what your audience needs to know, which is important, but it's not the only, it's not the only thing. That, that would be just sharing some information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you set yourself the right objective and then you start brainstorming ideas that help you achieve the objective, those ideas will be much more focused on what your audience needs to believe, feel, and do after your presentation, which is, which is much, much more effective than just sharing some information. Now, you, you throw an interesting word in there, feeling. Because there is a way to touch people so they feel what you're doing. Um, and that gets into, I think, in a sense, you know, amplifying the message in the presentation, right? How do you do that? How do you recommend that? Because you've understood the audience, you know, you're going to keep it simple, you've got the structure, right? You're going to try to change their mind about something, really actually give them powerful information. So how do you amplify this now? Yeah, and I know that your audience, Frank, is very much interested in, in the human side of, yes. of business, which is why this is relevant. And now, one way you do that is, as we, as we said earlier, through stories. Mm -hmm. Another way 
and and we can make it practical which is a story in 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 a way is the use of an analogy now again you always want to support your key messages with something that goes beyond just the fact and the figure now an analogy is super powerful in communication that's what makes it relatable then right of course there's an analogy that they go like oh now i get it yeah yeah yeah, the, the analogy makes makes the audience say, yes, wow, now, now I understand, now I get it. But yes, you're right, it has to be related to them because otherwise then it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Now, an analogy is a very simple. It's a comparison between two things. Yeah. When, when we say A is like B, that's an analogy. Now, when we connect something that the audience is not yet familiar with, which could be your idea, your product, your service, your project. When we connect that to something that the audience already knows and understands, mm-hmm. then there you've got the feeling. That's, that's when learning happens. I'll give you a super quick example, Frank. Many years ago, when Steve Jobs launched the first personal computer, now, at the time, nobody knew. Now, everybody knows what a personal computer is. Yeah. At the time, nobody knew what that was. So instead of using a slide full of text, listing all the technical features of that product, he used an analogy. And he said that a personal computer is like, is the equivalent of a bicycle for our minds. And that's the analogy, right? A a PC Uh is like a bicycle for our minds. And what he meant was that as humans, if we walk, we don't go very fast. But we take a bicycle and we go much faster. Now, a computer is like a bicycle for our minds because it makes our mind go faster. It makes us more efficient, Mm -hmm. more productive. It makes us work better. And that's the analogy. And again, everybody understands what a bicycle is. And so we understand there, oh, okay, now I also understand what a personal computer is. He so my marketeer. Oh, absolutely. It was also one of the best, if not the best business presenters of all time, I believe. Yeah, he was phenomenal. I mean, he would engage the audience. Always fascinating. And, you know, in addition, he had that Silicon Valley thing going with the, you know, wear the same outfit every time. You yeah, know, yeah. Really, but but you see, you see, the what happens is that often we we look at people like Steve Jobs and we assume that mm-hmm. he was such like a natural natural speaker, but but that wasn't the case. If you look at the very first presentations, the very first interviews, he was not the Steve Jobs that we that we started to appreciate yep. a few years after throughout his career. And that's because you said it at the very beginning, Frank, this is a skill that can be learned, that mm-hmm. can be developed. It's not even the best speaker, even the best speakers were bad speakers at first. And so yeah. as long as we know what to do, then it's definitely something. It doesn't mean that we can all become Steve Jobs. It doesn't matter but we can all become the best versions of ourselves from a public speaking perspective. And one of the books you use is Business Presentation Revolution, right? Something that was designed across the company's ideas on stage, right? One of the other yeah. folks wrote it there. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, my one of my colleagues, Phil Wagner, uh, is the author of Business Presentation Revolution that you should see uh, behind me, the the orange book. And uh, there are there are so many so many books out there that that can help us improve our presentation skills. For example, the book that changed my, my life in a way because it, it was the the first book that opened my eyes to to the world of effective presenting was presentation zen by gar reynolds who is an american guy lives in japan fantastic mm -hmm. book uh, and then i have to say like phil did a fantastic job as well business presentation revolution of course i'm a bit biased but i do yeah, believe yeah. that it's a wonderful book yeah yeah, and this is, I only bring that up because this is a skill people can learn. You know, if they take anything away today, they can take away a very simple methodology. They could start to apply it and then they can dig in more. They can begin to learn. They got to practice. You got to turn this from a set of concepts to something that you can apply, which means it's practice, like swing a golf club. You get better at it. Yeah, as long as, as you said, you practice because then like like any other skill that requires knowledge and experience then if one of these two elements are not there something is missing so mm -hmm. knowledge means that of, of course you could read a book you could listen to a podcast you could yep. watch a webinar but then that's just half of the story. <laughs> then practice is really what makes a difference because otherwise it's impossible to get better at a skill like this without taking the time to practice, hopefully even better in front of a real audience. Well, let's talk about that because when they're in front of the real audience, that's a chance to actually take all the information they've put together, the analogies, this flow, the stories, and give a strong delivery. What do you yeah. recommend in terms of strong delivery? The main thing I recommend is preparation and rehearsal. Of course, there are a lot of delivery techniques yeah. to consider, like I, what do you do with your eyes, eye contact, what do you do with your hands, body language, all these kind of things. And we can talk about it. But, but before that, what really makes a difference is rehearsal and preparation. And Frank, in my experience, I see that there are two types of speakers. You have the learners or the memorizers, and the improvisers. Yeah. Okay. So, so the the memorizers like to have a script when presenting, whereas no. the the it always uh, comes but, off terribly. But by the way, I can tell you, Frank, that there is no right or wrong approach. Okay. There's only the approach that works for for that particular speaker. So you've got presenters who need to learn a little bit more. Maybe I, I would I would also I wouldn't encourage a hundred percent learning. I agree with you, but some speakers, it's a spectrum. So it's not yeah, that they yeah. are. It's not that you are a hundred percent a memorizer or a hundred percent an improviser. It's a spectrum. So first of all, yeah. we need to be aware where are we in this spectrum. But then what I can say is. It doesn't really matter whether you are a memorizer or, a, or an improviser. I would always encourage you to rehearse a number of times, especially for improvisers. And again, it doesn't really matter if what you say every time you rehearse is different because maybe you are an improviser. That's fine. But I can promise you 
whatever you say will be much more powerful the third time, for example, than the first. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. You know, I rehearse stuff in my mind. I tend to go through it and here's how it's going to flow. You know, I like to do it that way. Uh, when I first started giving presentations years ago, I was a bit of, you know, to get comfortable, I was memorizing too much. And the problem is you, if you stumble anywhere, you're like, oh God, where am I? Yeah. At least for me. And I have to just have the concepts I want to cover and then just let it flow. That's yeah. what works yeah. for me generally. Exactly. And that's why you see you've understood where you are in the spectrum. So mm-hmm. you tended to be maybe at the beginning of your career, more of a memorizer, maybe yep. to, more towards that, that end of the spectrum. And then you realized that because of that, you had to prepare in a certain way. And that's the key thing. Mm-hmm. If you are an improviser or if you are a memorizer, based on that, then there are things that you can do or you shouldn't do. And that can help you make sure that you are the, the best version of yourself. So it's not about, if you're a memorizer, it's not about becoming an improviser. If you are an improviser, you shouldn't become a memorizer. You should mm-hmm. become the best version of yourself within what makes you comfortable. I think that's very good advice because we are really all different. You know, For me, the comfort came out of being able to just get the concepts, improvise, you know, react to whatever was going on in the room. You know, I could pay more attention to what was happening live. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for me, that was good. So this whole audience thing, one of the things that really struck home because we're the human side of business is that people can't really read and listen at the same time. Is that, is that a fact? Uh, so, so true. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a scientific fact. So again, if we look at how our brain works, the written text is processed in exactly the same part of the brain that processes the spoken text. Mm-hmm. So what that means for presenters is that if we show to our audience a slide full of text and bullet points, then the audience will need to make a decision. Do I listen to Andrea or do I read the slide? It's mm-hmm. not possible to do two things at the same time. And that's why we should always use tools like PowerPoint, for example, not as something that replicates what we are saying because it doesn't work, but mm-hmm. as something that supports and illustrates and amplifies what we are saying. And if that's how we use it, then it can be very effective from a communication perspective. Yeah, bringing the story to life, pictures and other things that you can talk to that bring what you're saying to life. That's powerful. Yeah. Because I think I see people relying on words all the time. It's comforting to them. They can look up, they can, you know, pick up the phrases they wrote down. And I think that almost nobody realizes that actually the audience is now reading and not listening. Yeah. And we do that because we use slides as as a crutch. But that, that also then becomes a barrier to effective communication. And so, of course, if you follow an approach to presentation design, which is simple and visual, as you said, just an image, maybe a few mm-hmm. words, that's it. Then because you can't read your slides, it means that you need to be prepared. Yeah. You need to know what you're talking about. And again, that's why rehearsal is important. Hopefully. Yeah. But, but then that's the foundation, right? If we don't know what we are talking about, then we shouldn't be giving a presentation in the first place. <laughs> Yeah, if people only follow that rule. Um, 
So, you know, where can people get more information about ideas on stage and the process and things? We'll put, you know, we'll have stuff in the in the notes down below, certainly for them to go dig deeper into this. Thank you. Appreciate it. So, well, our website is ideasonstage.com. And then there are a couple of things if people are really interested. One is I would encourage everybody, everybody to first assess their, their current presentation skills. Where are they today from a presentation skills perspective? And we have a tool, an online tool, which is free that people can use to assess their presentation skills. It takes less than five minutes. Ideasonstage.com. Where would they see that? Does it say assess your skills? Is it very clear there? Yeah. On the homepage, if you scroll down, there will be a section or even simpler, if they type ideasonstage.com slash score. Okay. That's it. And and so you complete the, the, the online tool and, and then immediately you'll get a score and what that score means to you. And it also identifies opportunities for improvement. So that's one thing. The other thing is that at the moment, I'm hosting some free web classes. And these are even less than an hour, very short, but packed of presentation skills, tips, and techniques. And I use Eventbrite. I don't know if you use the, if you know the tool. Eventbrite, from... sure. Yeah, we use that yeah. for some of ours as well. Yeah. So Eventbrite, if people type on Eventbrite, for example, which is the title of one of the web classes, how to deliver a powerful presentation, then they should be able to, to find it. So these are a couple of things that people can do if they're interested. And we could put that down below in the notes too, so they can easily get to it. But that's easy to find on Eventbrite for sure. And that's an excellent offer. I mean, free classes from an expert. I mean, Marie Halley. Thank you. Thank Everybody you. should make this a personal objective to become better at this. Whether you're going on an interview and you want to tell your story in the interview, whether you're actually being interviewed by some media channel, whether you're doing your own channel, whatever it is, mastering the art of giving powerful presentations is a skill that will serve you well through your whole life. And I love the Steve Jobs thing because in fact, he got so much better. You know, one of his commercials that one that talks about we're different, he talks about the great inventors. You know, that went down as one of the greatest commercials of all time. He had a few of them because he was so passionate about, you know, being able to grab attention. And uh, those, those things he did were just masterful, you know? Passion, passion is one of the key, if not the key ingredient for effective communication. We can talk about, today, Frank, we talked about making sure that we make our presentations related to the audience. And yeah. we talked about storylines and simplifying a message, having a clear objective. But nothing matters if we are not passionate about our subject. It is very, very hard to speak effectively, to deliver an effective presentation if we are not passionate about our subject. <laughs> very, very hard to do that. Um, look, I'm with you. I'm with you. Then you're actually not enjoying what you're doing. Yeah. So you really shouldn't be sharing it because you're not passionate about it. And the audience sees it. So if you're not if you're not enthusiastic and passionate about that subject, then you need to do something about it. Either you change the subject or you change Find something a new else. Subject. Yeah. yeah, because the audience can see it. Oh, they'll see through it right away. That energy you can feel energy when somebody's passionate. Yeah, yeah. Passion you you can also, you know, Frank, you can also feel the energy 
even without seeing the presenter. I'll give you an example. If you think about voiceover artists, what they do, like you don't see them, you don't see their work, you hear their voice. But when they, one of the things they do, for example, when they, when they do their work, they, first of all, they stand up and also they, they use their, their body, the body language, hand gestures, because they know that even if you can't see them, but that gets reflected to the intensity of and the quality of their voice. Yeah. So they into character, actually. Yeah. They become yeah. that character for the voice. You know, I, they act it out. You're absolutely right. Even and that happens even if the audience can't see you, can't see your body, can't see your face. Imagine what happens in a proper presentation where they can see everything. Yeah. Yeah. Phenomenal. Well, do you have any closing thoughts for the audience? Yes. So just one thing, Frank. I think that if uh, I think that until if you are a, those listening, if you are a business leader, a business professional, I think that until you are a great presenter, business is hard. Mm-hmm. Until you are a great presenter, your only job should be to become one. That's what I believe, Frank. And what I also believe is that there's never been a better time for people to become better presenters. Why? Because if we look at what's happening with things like automation, artificial intelligence, robots, technology, yeah. you see, today more than ever, having a good idea isn't good enough. If, we want to, if you want to land your dream job or sell products, lead teams, build brands, trigger movements, if you want to do any of these things, then you need to be able to persuade and yeah. inspire people. And this is not something that a robot will be able to do. Never. 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 Yeah. So that's why being able to present effectively is a skill that will become only more important, not less. And so for our listeners today, maybe not, but maybe some of them, they are only at the beginning of the journey to becoming the best presenters they can be. And mm-hmm. so my encouragement to them is to just keep going. They won't regret it and, and their audience will thank them. That they, The audience will always thank you if you get it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell when you touch an audience, you know, you can see the mood and the vibe. And listen, I'm, I'm 100% with you. This is the era where you know, people have to be persuasive and there's so many tools, you know, they're really on stage in so many ways today. That's why the name of the company ideas on stage. I think it's great because, you know, the world is a stage at the end of the day. That's what it's become. Shakespeare was right. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. On stage. And of course it could be a face-to-face stage. It could be an online stage, but still it is a stage. It's a stage. It's a stage. Well, listen, Andrea, absolutely great topic. Really, really good conversation. I hope people were moved and encouraged to become great speakers, to be persuasive, to learn how to get their message across in a simple, clear way. You know, score, remember, and go score yourself. See how you're doing, right? Thank you very much, Frank. I really appreciated it. Take care, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us.